with no name. This is part two of our relationship episode, Love Gone Wrong. Um, I didn't start making good decisions until I decided that I was fine by myself hmm. and life got good, really good. Hmm. I, I do agree with that. You've got to love your own company first. I 100% agree with that. You've mm. got to be in your own company where you even find things funny. Do you know what I mean? Or you're just thinking, yeah, yeah. today I just want to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to have a great time. You've got to learn to love your own company first. It's Yeah, it's so important to have a sense of humour about uh, some situations you find yourself in. Um, mm. I find it's the people who don't have the sense of humour about it that kind of struggle with those type of um, uh, problems come up. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you guys a question. I've got a question sure. just for the guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you think that women can be alone for the, with themselves more than men can be alone with themselves? I think it depends on the individual. I think some people can much easily be alone and some people feel that they need to be in a relationship or have someone around them. I don't know if it's a gender-based thing, but sometimes people will bear being in a relationship they're not particularly happy in just so that they're not alone. I think a lot of mm. people fear being alone. Yes. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Very, just with your question, are you trying to differentiate between being alone and lonely? No, no. I mean, that's very clear. In my experience, mm. I come across, um, you know, w- when I was on dating apps and I was um, dating you know, uh, actively dating, I, I suspect I would call it more than anything, is I always wanted to know how long the gentleman had been on his own for. How long have you been yep. out of a relationship? Because it was very, very clear to me that if you don't spend time out of a relationship and heal, um, you take mm. all your shit into the next relationship. Yes. So that was important. And and there wasn't a de- defined time factor, but if you've only been on your own for three months, that was kind of bordering on not enough time to, to heal, especially if you still talked about your ex a lot and it was very mm-hmm. negative. It was clear that you haven't healed. And, and I know that there is lots of um, I have friends who could never be on their own. They would rather be in as Kurt said, an unhappy relationship than be on their own. I know many of many, I have, I have in particular three, four male friends um, that are very unhappy, but they're not going anywhere. But the thing is, Verity, this is the trade-off. You don't want to be alone, but you're in a relationship that doesn't work, which Mm. means I think you are going to be lonely. So what's your trade-off? It's, is it financial? Is it having a roof over your head? I mean, what are you trading off to be lonely and just to know yeah. that there's someone physically there who you have no connection to? What's the worst of two evils? <laughs> it's a really difficult well, see, question, isn't it? That. 
Yeah, I'm, I have been um, out of a relationship. So I haven't been in a relationship now for about uh, two years, just over two years. Mm-hmm. I am not ever lonely in my life. Um, I'm very happy in my life. I'm very content with things. I would love to have a relationship, but I'm not prepared to get into a relationship for the sake of being in a relationship. Can I ask just to counterbalance this? It's a personal question, so you don't have to answer it. Would you say you've got a very good quality of friendships? I have a very good quality of family and friends, yeah. Okay, because that, that's something that can keep you, you know, very even-keeled, you know, to even have someone giving you some feedback, you know. You know, something's a bit up or you seem a bit down kind of thing. I, I always wonder about people who don't have that and they're more prone to making wrong decisions about partners. Yeah, see, I self-reflect a lot as well, but I journal and I do all those things to not to rely on other people all the time and burden, but I have very dear friends. You know, they say in life that you might have one or two very dear friends that you mm. can talk to about anything and, and vice versa, but it has to be a, a very mutual friendship. I have a very fulfilled life um, and I don't feel sad that I don't have a relationship. I'm just, I would like to have a relationship. Mm. I'm, I mean, look, I understand the self-reflection, but the limitation of self-reflection is you have your own criteria. To have someone else close that may have like a slightly different criteria and it's like you're not travelling at your best at the moment, should we have a word? And you don't even realise that, but they see that little change in pattern. That's why I think you're not going to feel alone or make these daft decisions if you have that kind of like either family or mates network around you because you've got people who are keeping you in check. Mind you, there are times when all the love of your family and friends will not stop you from sabotaging your own life or your own career or it is going to, the crash is going to happen. um, You are entirely the architect of that. I have had plenty of crash and burn moments and, you know, and certainly had to, and not for relationship reasons, but certainly um, Todd knows a little bit about uh, a child reason where I've really crashed and burned. And for me, when you have those really bad crash and burn times in our lives, which we all do, um, I think that's when you, you, for yourself, you need to decide um, for me, it was, do I want to burden my friends with this because they can't really help me or do I need to get professional help? And it was at that time that I got professional help. And I yeah, get that. Totally understandable. Sometimes your mates don't have the tools yeah. to help you out when it's that full on. Mm. And I'm speculating. Mm. I don't know what that thing is, but if it's that full on, you know, not everyone's a qualified psychologist. Things don't just happen either. Like friends that I've had that have had substance addictions and things, I realise now that... Those people needed to go to, to rehab and be professionally helped. And part of the thing that people with substance abuse issues do is they, I, I can, I, I got myself out of it. I, you know, did this and did that, and I no longer feel the need to take drugs or drink or whatever. And that's just all lies because without professional help to deal with it, they will eventually go back to what they were doing before if they ever actually stop. And it's a good point you make there because sometimes as much as you might love a person you can't help them you don't Mm. have the tools to help them and they can't be helped 
Yeah. More importantly, you know, we're talking about relationships here. I was attracting uh, some years ago, and I'm talking like quite a few years ago, I was attracting the same type of man into my life. And I did not want that kind of man in my life. Stalkers. I was like a freaking magnet. (laughs) Well, yeah. Um, Abusive men. I attracted abusive controlling men. And I had to go and get help because I didn't understand why I was attracting these men. And these men thought they could rescue me, therefore they thought they could control me. And do whatever they right? want. Yeah. And I was such a good victim. Like I was I was such a good victim of, you know, needing to be rescued because life was out of control a long time ago. And mm. I've done an awful lot of work. To, you know, to um, I mean, I say to a recently a, a man wanted to um, know how I felt about him, and I said, "Listen, I don't feel any way about you because you're a married man, and my boundaries say I don't get involved with married men." And it was as simple as that. There's no ifs, buts, or maybes. No. My boundaries say I am never going to do that to a woman. I've had it done to yeah. me. I will yeah. never do it to another yeah. woman. Yeah. So if you want to get single, buddy, we can talk. But until then, go yeah. away. Well done. Exactly May I right. ask you, when, when you actually got that help, was there a particular cue that you realised that you may have been sending to these people that they latched onto that you were unaware? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah? Is that something you feel comfortable about sharing? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I mean, I married um, two men similar to my father. Uh, because that's all I knew, right? So as I was younger, um, I knew a particular way. And whilst inside, really deep inside me, I knew that wasn't the right way to be in a relationship or to be treated or, um, you know, to be disrespected. And But it's what I grew up with, right? Mm. So yeah. that's all I knew. And I had to learn a different way. So, so you see these behaviours all your life and you you know it doesn't feel right and you know um, it's uncomfortable, but you don't know what the alternative looks like because you haven't had a man in your life that shows you different. And, of course, my boundaries were I don't know that I had any boundaries and so then when someone pushed my boundary and I went, oh, I don't really like that, and they'll go, oh, sorry, that won't happen again, and then it does, and I am truly a forgiving person. That is my true nature, and there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. But I had to balance that out. So I had to do work that went back to my inner child, that really went back to my child, and I had to heal a lot of stuff. And, in fact, some of my healing was done while I walked Kokoda. Uh, and and forgiveness and really getting to know myself, like I track Kokoda with myself um, and, and a whole bunch of strangers. And it was really about going so deep inside that you got to know who you were. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're all parents, right? So, so the aha moment of what the hell did I teach my daughters about the type of men to have in their life and what the hell did I teach my son about what a woman will will um, accept. That moment I can tell you where I was on Kokoda where I had that aha breakdown of, you know. And so this was only 2012. 
we're only in 2022 now. So I had I had lived a lot of years with very bad relationships. Yeah, very bad relationships. And now I live relationships where you don't need to say a bad word to each other. You don't need to be insulting. You don't need to be rude. You don't need to shout. You certainly never need to hit. I had to learn those things. And for some people, they know those things as young people, as people getting older. But for some of us, we don't learn those things growing up. We learn the opposite of what a relationship should be like, a loving relationship. So that's, and that's why I'm happy to be single until I find the right person that one is going to respect me the way I deserve to be respected and two um, will um, be able to take on the love and kindness I can give. And let me tell you guys, it is so interesting. There are men out there who don't even understand the kindness a woman can give because they they too have had bad relationships with women. You know, I met a, a beautiful man, but he was so damaged by the relationship, a 25-year relationship that he'd had, that he didn't know how to let me love him. And he just thought he had to please me, but please me in a a way that wasn't healthy, you know, and so that was never going to work. Um, you know, so it's very, very difficult um, to reflect on things uh, without professional help because you don't know what it's supposed to look like. It's about conditioning, isn't it? You're conditioned to live in a certain way and then it's, it's difficult to, to try and live another way. Things have changed. I mean, myself and you especially and and the princess either, just because of the longevity we've been in our current relationships, mm. how things have changed with how you meet people. I mean, every relationship I've ever been in, I met the person face-to-face, there was some attraction there, you got to know one another and then you, you might end up in a relationship and you might not. But now it's totally different. It's people don't meet mm. each other like that really anymore when there was the only way of meeting people yeah when we met our partners you met them at the pub or you met them at a nightclub or, or at a band or, or through friends or, dinner yeah. parties <laughs> I, I know i know i know i remember um eddie and his wife's relationship from the beginning from the courtship and the first time they met they weren't interested in each other at all <laughs> it was only then through friends and getting to know one another that they ended up you know interested and falling for each other and then slowly over time build a relationship but now it's mm. totally different to that it doesn't happen like that anymore and yeah. so that adds another level of complexity and plus like you you were pointing out before people can learn so much about you from your online personas and things like yeah. that and we didn't have any of that. The things that you probably didn't learn about your partner until you'd been going out with them for years. <laughs> you know? and, mm. it, and it's quite, in a way, it's scary. In a way, it's scary to me to think that someone could find so much out about you so quickly, you know. It's, a, it's yeah. Yeah, and look, it's, Marianne and I, we, we discuss all the time, you know, she's got a lot of single friends too that are, are trying to, find the right relationships and we, we just look at each other and go, gee, I'm so glad we don't have to do that anymore. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's so nice to be in a relationship that's stable and you just look at all your friends that are having issues like that and you just think, oh, wow, it's it's actually really, really hard and we're just so lucky to not have to do that. It's just... Um, oh, I say to friends, stay, like I say to friends, Figure it out. Like I, I actually mm. believe that any relationship that is going through a rough patch can get through that rough patch with the right mm-hmm. help. I think any relationship can. I think even, you know, a friend of mine who's going through a terrible, um, you know, they, they've not broken up but they're not happy, they're not even talking to each other and I'm like, you can fix this if both of you want to fix it. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree you with know, that. You just both yeah. have to want to fix it. You both right? have to want to. That's, that's the thing. thing. Yeah, because yeah, you all started in love, right? You all had yeah. happy times. You have shared yeah. memories. You have all these things. But, um, you know, to um, to just give up, you're going to take your baggage. You're going to take the reasons you're like this to the next relationships anyway. So why well, not just figure it out? Around. It's going to go with you wherever you go. Right. Mm. And it's one of the things you have to accept that if you're in a long-term relationship, it's not going to be all beer and Skittles. You you are going to have patches where there's not much motivation. You are going to have patches where you're annoyed with each other and where there's other bigger problems, but you've got to work through them and deal with them. And probably the Mm -hmm. one thing that I've learned with uh, just, you know, previous relationships is uh, it's weirdly kind of freeing is that, when you actually realise that not everyone follows their own self-interest in a logical way or serves their best interest, it does free you up. Mm. Because I think we make the mistake that people actually, they're be, you know, when they're self-interested, it's their best interest they're trying to do. No, it's not. Mm. Once you realise that, it's very freeing. Mm. I remember teaching this couple, um, they wanted coaching, and, and I remember teaching this couple that you have to have your partner's best interest 100%, 100%, not 50%. You're not meeting each other halfway. This is you want the best for your partner 100% and they want 100% of the best interest for you. And so, therefore, if you come from that place, mm. then you're serving each other. You know, it's not one giving more or one giving less. It's you just you just want the best for your partner. And um, one, when they got that, they, they changed the way they did things because they became kind to each other again. And I think kindness and compassion in a relationship is one of the things that can break down any barriers. Like like Eddie said, you have problems, but you've got to want to work them out. And as I was growing up, I could not name five relationships that were role models for me. I had two. <laughs> one was my grandparents and one was my older brother. You know, so as I got older, when my brother got married, but my grandparents on my mum's side were my only role models of good relationships that I ever experienced. How sad is that? Yeah, yeah I don't think it's unusual. unusual either. No, I mean, Verity, I would say that um, the way I've grown up and how I am now is actually a response to that. It's not actually trying to follow it. You know, making a concerted mm. effort. I don't want to be like that. So I, I have an older sister and we've never really gotten on, ever. And she's three years older than me and she she was in a very lucky position. Before I was born, she lived with my mum and dad 
my auntie and my grandmother. And they doted on her 24-7 because she was like this little baby and she's come into their lives. And she didn't want me. And 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 she used to tell my mum openly before I was born, I don't want this baby, send it away, all this sort of thing. And she used to do cruel things to me when I was a baby. She poked me in the eye with a knitting needle. She let a pram down on me. She heaps of stuff like that. And as we got older, things never got better. And it wasn't all one-sided. I didn't like her much either. <laughs> so I got to know Understand and, why. <laughs> um, and, and, um, and we just never got on. We both liked the band Midnight Oil. We liked certain other music together. There were certain books and movies that we liked. And so I said to myself, rather than focusing on the things we don't like about each other, we should have been all those years focusing on the things we do like. And that was a real light bulb moment in relationships, not just relationships with her or a sibling, but it's, it's, I think that's one way as, as your relationship grows as you grow older with your partner is you, you need to focus on the things that you, still, that you enjoy together and less on the things that now separate you. And, and there might be things that you like to do that she doesn't like to do anymore mm. or he likes, she likes to do and you don't like to do. And so pursue those interests on your own. But the things that you do enjoy together, focus on those. We all change with time, you know. Time, I think, everyone changes. Mm. Now when I talk to my sister, I just focus on the things that we share together and try not to think about the things that we disagree on. Just because you're a blood relative of someone does not necessarily mean that you will automatically get on. You've still got your own brain. You've still got your own personality. And even though it could be a close blood relation, you still have a different experience from each other. Mm. And, you know, people beat themselves up because they don't get on with this one or that one, and they shouldn't. It's just how it is and you need to, like you said, um, Kurt, you need to focus on common interests, common likes and go from there. And she's my only sister and I and I do want her in my so life. So you've just actually you know. reinforced, you actually just reinforced the same thing in a relationship, in an in a intimate relationship of where if you focus on the negative, you'll get more negative. If you focus on the positive aspects, then that's what you'll get too. Yeah, absolutely. I do think you have to counterbalance that up against some kind of reality or pragmatism type test. You know, um, mm. I don't think you can see everyone through rose-coloured glasses. You can't take it to that extreme. Well, that was going to be my next comment. Sometimes, mm. um, and it doesn't matter if it's a romantic relationship or um, a blood relative or someone you've, you know, an in-law something, I, there's so many ways you can be connected to people. Sometimes it just doesn't work and you need to cut your losses and walk away from it. I mean, or you need to learn to operate on a different plane mm. and not stress about the fact that there's no real relationship there. You yeah, just think, need to get on with it. I think you've got that in one, actually. You need to operate on a different plane. Mm. Very well said. That's good. No, this is an incredibly, um, incredibly deep subject, Kurt, you've brought up. We We're need to figure there. out some way to um, get out of this discussion. 
<laughs> well, um, the pod father is taking care of that for us. Um, the fourth and final question that he poses to the panel is now consider in hindsight, if it were possible, would you go back to the person or are you glad the relationship ended when it did? Yeah, absolutely not. Um, I don't think there's no going back. I think once a relationship's done, you know it's done and you move on. Um, yeah, yeah absolutely. No way in the world would I go back. I'm so happy with what we have at the moment, um, friends and family. I just feel rich at the moment with friends and family and, um, yeah, I hope that never changes. I, I would like to um, agree with everything you've just said and state that I am truly one of the luckiest people in the world with the family and friends that I have. And um, I'm very lucky that I've got a blood sister but I've got brothers from another mother and it's I'm just so lucky, so lucky and such good friends. And uh, It was good from the point of view of learning. That, that's uh, what I'd say. Uh, but no, no, certainly not. You know, if if you hadn't, if that hadn't happened, um, you wouldn't have met your current Marianne, would you? Mm. Oh, look, one hundred percent. And um, so that yeah, God, there's, uh, there's, there's positives with the negatives, always. Yeah, absolutely. In your life for a reason, a season, and a lifetime. Yes, I was, I was about to say people come into your life for a reason. Sometimes you learn your lesson quickly, sometimes you don't. I don't, I don't have any regrets. I, I wouldn't go back to any of my former relationships, even, even the one where I didn't have to think when I was a teenager. <laughs> well, rest assured, I, Joe, I wouldn't was... go back to any of your exes either. <laughs> I wouldn't go back, but I wish I left sooner. That's a good one. That is very, yeah, very like that. good. But that's um, your lesson. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the podcast, uh, Verity? I think we'll use your real name for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so um, my podcast is called uh, The Resilience Movement mm -hmm. and it's really, um, it's in line with the book I'm writing which is called Resilience Beyond Contemplation and it's really talking about the fact that we are resilient beyond whatever we think is possible and only when you go through adversity do you realise how resilient you are. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's really reminding people about um, moving through stuff uh, and getting unstuck. And I highly recommend it. You can find the resilience movement on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and probably about 20 others. So it's quite, it's out there. But the resilience movement. Now, I would have to say I've listened to some of the episodes. Some of them are short, like they're Thank about you. 15, 20 minutes. And some of them are like an hour plus. So you need a bit of resilience to get through them. But it's well worth <laughs> the journey to do that. It's pretty good. It, you know, it gets a thumbs up from me. It's a yeah, really Kurt, good Yeah, you Kurt, would, you would actually really enjoy this. Thank um, you. That's one of those things that um, I'm, I'm really, really glad and, and proud of what you've done with that podcast. Um, yes. I am. Um, I, lo I love when Eddie says um, what what um, 
editing stuff do you do? And I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you've seen us at work, you can see why we talk about editing so much. Yeah. This will only be 15 minutes long when you hear it. That's all we have time for this evening, dear listener. I'm sure this is a topic that we could keep talking about, but it's time for us to go to bed. It's been a long day. So I would like to thank tonight's panel. I'd like to thank Eddie, Verity, Sid and the Podfather, which is our new name for Kurt. Sid likes that. Can't you hear that, listener? Uh, For joining us, my name is Princess. You've been listening to Love Gone Wrong and we will be back with another episode of the podcast with no name soon. If you would like to get in contact with us in the meantime, maybe you have an idea for a um, podcast topic, an episode topic that we can tackle on your behalf, dear listener, you can reach us at podnoname at gmail.com or otherwise you can find us on Facebook at, at podnoname. Take care, dear listener, and we hope you join us again for another episode of the podcast with no name. As much as I did, you know, because, you know, 11 o'clock last night I was hanging out washing because the dog wet in the son's bed, so, you know. <laughs> the choice of having a menopausal dog. It, they did, it did kind of... Um lock his missus into the suburbs. She couldn't get in or out for about three or four days. Oh, yeah. And I just said, uh, look, you got Netflix, you got food. <laughs> what are you witching about? Oh, I can see you for a change. Oh, yeah. Normally you're just this shadowy figure. You just know you look just like Chopper Reed? Yeah, you you've lost your ears. Because your ears, ears are gone. What happened to your long hair? Didn't you have long hair when you went on <laughs> Before? We just shaved it. It looks like yeah, yeah. Hair anyway. We hung out there a few times and there was a I remember one day there was a shooting the night before and you showed me where the police had found the bullets on the footpath outside. Yeah, we used to have a drug dealer directly across from That's the road right. and, <laughs> and there was nothing suspicious because he was the only house in the whole street where he had these um Barred fences that go about four metres tall. You know, he had a remote control thing. He had all these cameras. So no, 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 nothing suspected he was doing anything dodgy at all. The rest of us were just, you know, old-fashioned gardens with roses and lawns in the front yard. So, yeah. you know, nothing to see here, everybody. Just move on. Now he makes it look sexy. Look, you've seen it. Actually, the master's seen it. You've shared a bedroom. Well, did we give you birthday punches? No, we didn't. So you don't punch anybody else. It it astonishes me that we managed to craft a podcast out of this (laughs) dribble each week. (laughs) 